Welcome to Realcast, the roundup of the real asset markets. My name is Richard Betts and I'm joined by Nicole Dines, um, Dan Innes and Paul Strome. Um, Nicole, what have you been following this week? Well, Real Asset Media uh, started their investment briefings again this week with two very interesting briefings. One was on healthy cities. What was said is that the life sciences sector is set to be really big this year. It used to be a very alternative asset class and not very many investors, very specialist investors were interested. Now it's becoming more mainstream and uh, it will definitely be a big year with US investors very interested in investing in the UK, we were told. And also the interest is shown by something like Cadence, which is a very specialist in the sector has been taken over by AXA, just a sign that the big players are investing in the sector because they see a big future. And there was a particular focus on Scotland because Scotland is very well placed to, to benefit because it's already has some very big projects like the Edinburgh Biocorser and the new Inverness Centre, which has just received planning consent, so it's definitely going ahead. So very positive outlook. The other investment briefing, again, very timely, was on Outlook 2021 for Central and Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe, again, obviously was affected by the COVID-19 crisis, but it performed better than the rest of Europe. There was a 26% fall in investment volumes compared to 30% for the rest of Europe. And according to Colliers, they did a survey and they think that in the, especially in the second half of the year, they expect a 50% increase in investment volumes. And uh, once again, places like Poland, for example, showed against how resilient it is. And obviously, it's very well placed to benefit from the surge in logistics and the new changes in, uh, you know, after the pandemic, the new changes in supply chains, because obviously it's a huge logistics hub. Um, and on a more political point of view, it was very interesting to hear Marek Matraszek, who's the chairman of CEC Government Relations, who gave an outlook for the region, given the change in administration in the US. And he was saying there might be a few, you know, tricky time for especially for Poland and Hungary, countries that had got very close to the Trump administration had signed a lot of bilateral deals with the Biden administration coming in and, and obviously more interested in multilateralism and being closer to the EU, to Brussels, rather than seeking bilateral deals. There could be a sort of a chill wind, uh, but uh, that would be a, probably a temporary a temporary thing because I think it's expected that Biden would be very pragmatic. So obviously um, we'll, we'll keep relations going, but it would be interesting to, to watch. Maya Bergman, when it was rebranding as Mark, also talking about expanding into areas like life sciences. So that's one that looks as though it's going to grow increasingly in terms of the investment side. Paul, what, what have you been watching in, in the news? still the season of reports and there's uh, there are some interesting ones just some highlights around commercial property transaction volumes in germany total 59 billion in 2020 just six percent below the five-year average according to savills and they're saying that because many investors are unlikely to have hit their acquisition targets in 2020 um, and could obviously be receiving even more capital um, this year they reckon volumes in 2021 could easily once again reach 50 billion uh, and obviously despite the the headwinds from covid their ceo germany and head of investment europe marcus lemley said that in view of the pressure to invest and increase risk in the occupied market strategies of individual investors will go beyond the lowest common denominator of logistics residential and offices and become more differentiated rca uh, as, as well were saying that the rental apartment sector including student housing took a record 30% share of European real estate investment by the top institutional investors uh, in 2020. 
Uh, five years ago, they, uh, apartments accounted for 10% of aqu- European acquisition activity. And taking the overview, Colliers uh, envisages a 50% surge in investment activity in the second half of this year. And they say this is pointing to a broad based renewal of confidence as a result of the vaccine developments and also continued government stimulus. Um, the report reckons 98% of investors across all, all regions are going to expand their portfolios. UK Brexit teething troubles continue, but there's institutional interest as well as currency-driven speculative interest. And Aviva Investors, the asset management arm of insurer Aviva, has committed over £100 million to London's South Bank in Bermondsey, where alongside um, developer Seller, uh, they're going to develop a new office uh, campus. Another thing that came to our attention this week was that co-living provider Quarters has closed its operations in the US. We began to see US press reports early last week that various Quarters companies had filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy proceedings. A statement issued by Quarters Press Office in Berlin said that the closure became effective on 15th of January and that all leases will go back to the building's landlords. Headquarters in Berlin say that it'll now fully focus on its efforts on its home base in Europe and it also adds that Europe operations are not touched by the US closures. Until we've got more information, we won't know what the reasons behind the US demise of quarters were, but it seems reasonable to assume that co-living will have suffered from measures taken in the light of the COVID pandemic. Dan, what have you been following? This week I've been following a bit of office-based news and an activity in Paris where we saw another Univirodamco Westfield office building sold off to a consortium led by Primonial. This is all part of Univirodamco's €9 billion Euro disposal plan to strengthen the group's balance sheet. Um, and so I think we'll, we'll continue to see other assets coming, uh, coming forward and to be sold. You'll remember that URW sold its Capital 8 office asset in the 8th arrondissement in Paris to Invesco for $789 million. Uh, in the summer of 2018. Uh, and of course, here on Realcast, we've followed a lot of in office investment activity in Paris over the last six months, haven't we? The um, other activity I've been following is uh, into logistics, of course, the, the bell of the industry right now. Bearings bought a, a newly completed logistics asset in an off-market deal in Gothenburg. They paid about 26 million euro for the Sored Kubligar Lager site in Gothenburg, uh, and bought it from Skanska. Uh, um, and that's about 216,000 uh, square metres. Um, and then, of course, back to the UK, where we've seen a flurry of activity. Um, and that's um, a piece of news that came out uh, by React News. Canmore, the US um, firm and asset manager, they've acquired six assets from NFU Mutual, part of a real kind of push by Goldman Sachs to get into the UK logistics market this week. Um, and they completed on that portfolio that's worth around 100 million pounds. It's again an off-market deal uh, and apparently it represents a sub-5% net initial yield. So, um, you know, those assets are in the Midlands and the Southeast. But you'll remember Goldman's. I mean, they they were heavily linked to many of the bigger uh, portfolio sales of last year, including that Prologis platform sale for around 473 million. And of course, the EPIC portfolio sale at 340 million. And of course, both of those, they were eventually snapped up by Blackstone. Um, so, so it's finally good news for Goldman getting into the mid-box uh, market. Um, and of course, Canmore, who were active as recently as December uh, with their uh, Lowry Park 
scheme. So, um, you know, others as, as well in that same space, uh, Partners Group acquired a portfolio of light industrial properties across the UK for 286 million. They've got a stated intention to increase their exposure into that sector uh, with about a further 200 million pounds worth of equity. And then lastly, back to London and um, the Western conurbation of Acton, which of course we now uh, realise has a real boost by crossrail connectivity there. And it's with Transport for London and who they're seeking a a joint venture development partner for two major projects worth £670 million. They already achieved uh, planning consent for projects on those sites for 852 new homes. First of those two projects, the first is a £350 million scheme to deliver nine buildings on an 8.9 acre piece of land which stretches from Acton Town down to Chiswick. That's all designed by Architects HOK. And the second part of that JV development package is for a £320 million pound project at Ealing Common uh, and that, that's going to bring the total number of homes um, you know, being delivered by TfL up to 1,700. TfL, you know, they, they've got a major target uh, to deliver more than 10,000 homes in London um, and a, at least half of those homes need to be affordable housing. So, I mean, it's already secured partnerships with some of the best known and largest developers in the UK, people like Granger and Barrett. Um, but, you know, as part of the government's £1.8 billion government support, you know, support package that TfL has received, you know, they're looking to explore what other development opportunities they have. So watch TfL over the next 12 months. Thanks, Dan, Nicole and Paul. Thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you next week for our regular roundup of the key themes in real assets. Thank you.